0: Our, our focus uh, as we continue our journey home is about how we have a place at the table. Uh, perfect for us to be having communion this day and, and sing of our um, place at the table because of, of Christ. Last um, week, and in small groups, and in the opportunities of of, uh, continuing our journey home with your books, if if you've been doing that, Um, which, by the way, I want to go ahead and ask the deacons to go ahead and be handing out our exercise. If you didn't bring your books um, with you, there's exercise that you can um, do and transpose to your books as we've been doing the last couple weeks, Um, but last week we talked about the one of Jesus' most popular stories, the, the story of the, the prodigal son. And um, you may remember that, uh, that story, some of you may remember it well. But for those that weren't um, uh, here with us, this is a story that Jesus tells where the father is like God and the, the sons represent us. And one son comes to the father and says, Dad, I want um, my money and I want my freedom so that I can go live my life the way I want to. And the father says, Okay. And so he does, and he goes and takes off and wastes his life, wastes his money, and he he comes home cowering on his knees with his plan to say to his dad, dad, let me just be a slave, let me just work as one of your slaves, because that's a whole lot better than what was happening with me when I was on my own. But as you may recall or may remember, when the father sees the son, he embraces him and welcomes him home. Puts him back in his bedroom. uh, Puts him back in his clothes. Continues to call him son and says, it's as if the son had never left. That's how he welcomes the son home. His place at the table is still his. And at that same time, the older son, um, who was there, he hears about the celebration for his no-good younger son, and he gets angry with his dad. How how could you do that? You know, here I've been working my fingers to the bone for you, and you're not throwing a party for me. How can you throw a party for this good-for-nothing loser? And and the father tells him, what are you working so hard for? you you are my son. You, you have a place at the table. What I have is yours. Uh, what what we, we continue to encounter with, with that story is how the, these two sons are both trying. They're working. They're earning instead of receiving. Instead of receiving their place in the family instead of claiming their rightful place at home you and i are like those sons that were always trying to work to earn our way for god's acceptance to earn our place at the table when instead god has said you've got a place at the table it's in the Gospel of John that John tells us in the first chapter in the 12th verse, for all who receive him, all who believe in his name, he gives them the right to become children of God. And all the rights, all the privileges that come with being children of God. They have a place at the table. We have a place at the table. God continues to give and give to us, and we continually are challenged at receiving His good gifts to us. I mean, I want you to imagine um, with me the, the morning after with the prodigal son. Yeah, think about it. You know, you think back to the story, right? I mean, he received it because he was probably shocked that his dad didn't knock him upside the head when he received it at the party, and he was at the party, still probably in shock, with everybody celebrating. But yet, then dad said, "Here's your room. The posters are still on the wall. It's just as you had decorated it. Get back in your bed. Here's your pillow. Get in your pajamas." And he did. What do you think he felt the next morning? You know, he's in bed and he awakens. And he opens his eyes. Where am I? It was, don't you think? I mean, don't you think he'd be like, was this a dream? You know, and he, he gets up, you know, he feels around. No, this is really my pajamas. This is really my room. You know, there, there's my Farrah Fawcett poster right there just as I left it. You know, that would have been, he wakes up, and then, do you think he ran to his dad, say, hey, dad, good morning? I don't think so. He, he probably got dressed, grabbed any valuables we could, stuck them in his pocket, you know, stuck his head out the door, looked down the hallway, wondering, was dad's mood going to change this morning? Was he all about grace and love when he received me and he opened the door the first time? But now that I'm home, now that I'm, I'm back in the family, it is, now, it is now the time when the other shoe's going to drop. Obviously, this is my version. This is not, I'm continuing Jesus' story. <laughs> uh, but I think rightfully so. Because I think when he peeks out and he looks down the hallway, eventually he would smell the bacon and the eggs and the biscuits. And he'd see his father and he'd wonder, what's he going to say? And his dad would return, good morning, son. Come on, let's have some eggs and bacon and biscuits and honey. Yeah, come on in. Let's enjoy this, get your rightful place back at the table again. Because the God who receives us in grace... We are saved by grace, but he also continues with us in grace. We live by that same grace. Jesus is not one that says, I'll get you the job, but then you got to work to keep it. By grace you are saved, and by grace you live. And it is continually our challenge to receive that grace. As we live in Christ. No matter if it's been for one day. Or it's been for thousands of days. Our continued challenge is to fight those orphan-like tendencies. That want to make spiritual orphans of ourselves. To make our own home. Instead of rest in the home we have in God. Instead of receiving our place at the table. It's just a natural tendency of our human predicament. Now, I wonder, uh, for you, uh, maybe, maybe not for you, but if you, if you take out your, your page here, how well do you receive? How well do you receive gifts? You know, It's a really a, a great thing to recognize. You know, Do you receive well? Do you, how well do you receive a present? Do you take it in and love it and just enjoy it and lavish it on? Or, or are you like, oh, that's okay. You didn't have to get me anything. How well do you receive a compliment? Go ahead. Get out a writing utensil. Circle it. Let's take 30 seconds. It won't take you long. How well do you receive a compliment? How well do you receive compassion? How well do you receive help? Advice. Give yourself five to one. And as you finish that, um, uh, whether this morning or, or later, you get a chance to reflect on that. How many three, twos, and ones did you have? You know, how, how well do you receive? It's absolutely crucial because it's absolutely necessary as a Christian that we be good receivers because we are always on the receiving end from our Heavenly Father. Always. So we gotta, we got to be sure to, to, to blaze that trail really well because that's how we react, interact with our Heavenly Father to be able to receive not just our salvation, but every day. Our, our passage this day that, that will speak to that is Galatians chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 4 and read through verse 10. It's found on 947 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the, the screen. Let's uh, pray together. Dear Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us in this moment. Whatever defense mechanisms we have, Whatever pride and arrogance we have that prevents us from receiving the work of your spirit in our lives, Lord, please demolish them. Now, don't let us be fools in our own pride and arrogance. Let us receive from you, please. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. This is the the words of, of Paul as he's writing to the church in Galatia. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children... God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father! So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to to beings that by nature are not God. Now, however that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits? How can you want to be enslaved to them again? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, uh, this is a great uh, passage for the prodigal son on the day after. You were received with grace and mercy, so don't go, you're not a slave. You were received as a son, so live as a son. Don't go back the day after, back to the ways of slavery. You received this gift, don't go back to the tendencies of trying to earn. Of trying, trying, trying. Keep living by receiving from God. He tells us what Paul's telling us is that in this grand plan of God, as he's working out this plan of salvation, according to his time and his way, he sends his son among us to redeem us. One of the key words here, redeem. In essence, it means to take what's bad and make it good. And that's what he does. We're bad, we're broken, we're sinners. Uh, we, are, we are trying to make our own way instead of receiving the way of God. And so Jesus has come to redeem us, to take us and make us good in him. That's what redeem means. That's what he accomplished on the cross, in his life, in his death, in his, in his resurrection. And he says that he redeems you, he makes you good so that you are adopted as children of God. He redeems us so that we can be adopted. That in our orphan-like, spiritual orphan-like tendencies of going our own way, like the way of either of the sons, says, no, you're adopted. You're you're adopted as as children of God. You you have a place at the table. You, You know a number of you. Have either been adopted or have adopted others, have participated in the foster care program. You know how this works. And and I want to invite Catherine Sanders, if she'll come forward, because I wanted her to share a little bit of her story with us about adoption. But but you know, when we're when folks are adopted, their names are changed. They get new birth certificates. They have new rights and responsibilities that are theirs. Rights and privileges in the family into which they're adopted. And that's what Jesus has done for us. That we were orphans on our own way. And Jesus has adopted us and brought us in as his children. With all the rights to be at the table. With all the rights To inherit the heavenly treasures. Infuse not only more than even what we're going to talk about here, but even more. It changes even our DNA by placing His Holy Spirit within us. I mean, all that happens when we're adopted. Now, Now, Catherine here adopted three children in... Um, March, I, I think it was, right? Now, uh, hold that. sort of like you're eating an ice cream cone, yeah. Um, now, and it was uh, uh, Amir, Amari, and Anjali. That's correct. Are their names now?
1: It's uh, Amir, uh-huh. Monica, uh-huh. Jackson, Sanders. Okay. Amari, Mariah, Jackson, Sanders. And Anjali, Faith, Jackson, Sanders. I, how did How did this start? this whole process? I, I had them as a foster. I was a foster parent. And, and when was that? Well, I became a foster parent in 2007, but they called me in October of 2009 and told me they had three children, told me, it was, you know, that they was twin girls and boys, Amari and Amira twins, they're eight, Well at the time they was five, mm-hmm. and Aja Lee was four. Okay.
0: And uh, this was, uh, and, of course, you had plenty of time to pray about receiving them and to sort of prepare? No.
1: No. No. When?
0: <laughs> no.
1: They actually called me that evening, probably around, like, 7 o'clock. Okay. And they brought them to me that night. I think they got there between 9 and 10 that okay. night. Okay.
0: Oh, good. So a full two hours. Yes. Okay. <laughs> to, all right. Um, and when was the adoption finalized? March of this year. All right. And... On that day in March of this year, what, what are all the things that changed for you and, and for them?
1: Well, we knew it was coming, but, and I was pretty excited, but that day of it, I was really nervous. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, these are really going to be your children. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I have four adult children already grown. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting over again. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So, and they handed me birth certificates hmm. nope. that stated that I had them when I was 52. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: huh. okay. And I thought that was pretty funny. Did, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
0: And they changed their names yeah, at that time. Yeah, they changed their names okay. at that
1: time too. And, From, their names were, last name was Ganaway Jackson, now it's Jackson Sanders. Sanders okay. is my last name. Okay,
0: and they also changed their first name. Each of them changed their first name a little yes. bit as well. Yes. Okay, to signify that change. And did they change your name to Sarah since you had him at fifty-two? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So we didn't rehearse that part. Um. How have these three months, or have these eight months, been?
1: It's been sort of the same but different, mm-hmm. because now we know it's permanent. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, you always had that anticipation where they'd be going back with their parents or with someone else, mm-hmm. another family member, but now they know, and I know, that they are mine. Mm-hmm. They're there, I mean, permanent. Mm-hmm.
0: And was it just uh, instant, the changes, that they just felt that and were, were comfortable the very next day?
1: No, and I think, yeah. and we are still working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the more, you know, as time go by now, I say, you know, these are mine. They uh-huh. are mine. Right. You know, it's, it's still, we're still in progress.
0: Yeah, and, and the same with them. Is it taking them more um, time to, to call you mom? Yes. Yeah.
1: Because some, some sometimes they call me Miss Catherine.
0: uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: <laughs> sometimes yeah. they call me Me-Mom, which is what my other grandchildren uh-huh. call me. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you have grandchildren also. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Our
1: grandchildren—they're from ages. your
0: four previous uh, children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yes. now adults, right? Um, maybe this is uh, the question that's least pertinent to applying to what we're talking about, but I'm sure it's the one that's heaviest on people's mind. Why'd you do this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself that sometime now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, basically, because I, I do love them. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I they done been with me three years, and, you know, I, they growed on me, and I grew on them. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be with me, and mm-hmm. I wanted them with me. And I'm sure there are other loving families that mm-hmm. would have took them in and cared mm-hmm. for them, but I didn't want to let them go. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Now, I asked Catherine to share for a whole bunch of reasons. You probably can figure out a a lot of them. But one, I mean, just all that changed on that adoption day. The wives that she wanted to adopt them um, and uh, because she loved them. (laughs) And as well, the fact that it just doesn't snap and it's all beautiful the next morning. Uh, That it, it is... A journey of receiving the gift of being home with one another. I also wanted to ask Catherine to come up just because, you know, many times at her stage, people are retiring and they're retiring from life and they're saying, you know, I've done that, I've sort of done my bidding. And, and in so doing, they lose life. I want to be like you, Catherine. Thank you for, for sharing that and for being, uh, embodying the, the words of Jesus when he says, if you want to live, you got to give your life away. So please don't buy into the American dream of retiring at 52 and thinking that's when life starts, when you can sort of do your own thing and float on the lazy river especially not in our county where our foster system is so broken. And just in the the counties around us, there's an article in the newspaper this morning about a child who was killed who was a part of the foster care because it was just so broken. Who knows where those three children had been if God hadn't called Catherine. And I'm wondering if God isn't calling others to serve in the same way. Whether it's through foster care, whether it's through adoption, whether it's ways of living out this work of Jesus in our lives, being adopted children into the family of God. Or whether it's through other ways, WizKids, Treehouse, through IHN, through through caring for the children in our community. That James says when we care for the orphans, that's pure religion. So, for us, we are recipients of that love. We, first and foremost, before we go and give, we gotta recognize we have a place at the table that has been secured by us by Jesus Christ, who has redeemed us, taken what is bad and made it good clothed us in his righteousness, and adopted us in his children because he sees our brokenness and he loves us. It is that simple. And it is ours to receive this place at the table. This is home. This is our comfort food, friends. That that represents the body and blood of Jesus. That that we take together as a community. We, we, we claim our place at the table because God has given us that through Jesus Christ. And there we celebrate with one another the love of our Heavenly Father. We are home. Now I pray for each of us as we gather at this table that we will be praying and asking the Spirit of God that Paul says is in us, that Spirit of God that is crying out, Abba, Father, that we will participate in this, we will receive God's Spirit, we will be singing the songs or listening or connecting with God, asking Him to enliven, reawaken our soul and spirit to revive us from within so that that Spirit that has us call out to God, Daddy, will come alive. That we will not go through the motions. That, that we will not just go through the road, oh, yeah, we do this every first Sunday of the month. But we will say, Holy Spirit, you promise in your word, you cry out within us, Abba, Father. We'll do it. Do it within me right now. And then wait and watch. Be aware of the things that we do to get in the way of the Spirit being alive within us. Maybe it's because we bought into the American dream instead of into Jesus. Maybe it's because spiritually we've retired and we're just waiting for the next life instead of claiming our place at the table in this one. I challenge you. I exhort you. To not just go through the motions at this table. But claim your place and ask the Spirit to awaken your soul. Holy Spirit, awaken me that I might call out to you as my Abba, Father. Amen.